Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Money Barrel. On the trail to speak with all 15 2020 NFR cowgirls, Kayla's next stop is Oklahoma, where she sits down with Emily Miller, two-time NFR qualifier who's heading to Arlington, sitting number 12 this year. After her performance in 2019 at the Thomas & Mack, she'll be one to watch out for. Emily's episode is brought to you by a stallion that can really turn heads and barrels. KGNMC Just on Fire, also known in the barn as Memphis, is the ultimate cross of black type pedigrees and proven athletes, both in the arena and as producers of barrel horses. His sire, Fire on Bug, is by the legendary stallion Firewater Flit and has sired money earners of over $200,000 in the barrel and roping arenas. His dam, 2017 NFR qualifier, KG Just As We Expected by Judge Cash, is an earner of over $415,000 and is a third generation proven barrel horse. As his dam's current top money-earning offspring, Memphis is already making his mark in the arena, with fraternity year earnings of over $20,000. Proving his versatility, Memphis has pulled 1D checks under the trainer Ryan Levendahl and with his beloved owner and jockey, Jill Connolly. Besides his athletic ability, good-natured personality, eagerness to learn, and stunning good looks, Memphis also has the coveted cream dilute gene. KGNMC Just on Fire is currently enrolled in the Breeders' Challenge, Royal Crown, Select Stallion Stakes, VGBRA, and the BRN 4D Incentive Fund. Go to www.kgnmcjustonfire.com to book your mare for 2021 today. Well, I've done enough talking. Kayla, Emily, take it away. This is Money Barrel. We're able to talk to Emily Miller, which is actually Emily Beisel now, and she is our number 12 cowgirl in the world heading back to the NFR. So thank you for talking to us. Sure. No problem. Thank you for having me. You just had a pretty exciting weekend or last weekend, wasn't it? The Prairie Finals? Yes. Yeah. We had a really great week um, down in Duncan. That's, uh, it's only a couple hours from home. Um, And, you know, my horses are they, I mean, I, I feel like I've got to run there a fair amount. Um, this is my, that was my eighth qualification, um, back to the Prairie Circuit finals. And so, um, and Chongo really likes that arena. So it, it certainly didn't hurt, um, you know, to be close to home and in an arena he likes, but they, they did a great job. Um, the ground was really good and they, they raked after six with a tractor. So it was, it was a fun week. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to kind of dive right into it. So um, you rode Chongo there, and did you ride them in all three rounds, or is your circuit finals four rounds? Um, actually, this year, they reduced it to two. Um, oh. Yeah, it's usually three, but uh, I guess, honestly, I think, I don't know if it was about six weeks, hey, maybe eight weeks before the circuit finals, um, they didn't think they were going to be able to have it. And so um, our circuit director, she was trying to make other plans to at least have a barrel racing final somewhere for us. Um, and then they, they were able to pull through, but they didn't have as much, um, money, up, uh, you know, to, to be okay. able to do all three rounds. So they, they reduced it to two and, and still had it. So we were super thankful for that. That's awesome. And he, did, did you win both rounds? Yes, ma'am. And the average, obviously. Yep. yep he did. Awesome. He, he, uh, ran a fifteen fifty. 
in the first round and a 1553 in the second round. So it was, um, he was really consistent and made, made two awesome runs for me. That's so exciting, especially, you know, getting ready to head to Arlington. Um, I guess before we get into that conversation, give us just a rundown again of your horses for those that may not know, um, of the four, you know, great horses you have. Oh yeah. Thank you. I, I think they're great too. I'm really blessed to have four, um, outstanding equine partners They're I mean, it's, you know, you're only as, as good as the horse you ride. And, um, I'm just, I don't know. They're, they're just really incredible. Um, you know, Fi- Piper Inch was the very first horse, um, that I started having success on. I bought him back in July of 2015 and he went on to win the Prairie Circuit finals in 2016, um, and won the RNCFR in 2017. And, and we just about made it to the NFR that year. It was, um, you know, I hate to say that we almost made it by accident, but it wasn't really a plan. I was still working full time and, um, anyway, and things just kept going right and we kept winning and <laughs> kept, uh, getting to go to the bigger rodeos and, and capitalizing when we got there. And it was exciting. Um, he did end up, uh, sustaining an injury, um, uh, in July. And so I wasn't able to finish the season on him and, and he, you know, I think that horse really tried hard for me for a long time before we figured out what was going on with him. And so I don't get to run him as often anymore. Um, you know, but he's still, I mean, he's sound and he's, he still runs good. Like I want to, a rodeo on him in Roundup, Montana over Cowboy Christmas this year. So he's still on the trailer. He's still going, but um, he's not the main man anymore. Um, and then his little sister, Foxy, um, she's the little Palomino mare uh, that I get to run. I ride her typically indoors a lot. So it was kind of a weird year with everything getting shut down in, in uh, March and April. I didn't get to run her quite as much this season. Um, but she's the mare I rode in the seventh round of the NFR last year, and she's just rock solid. I mean, you can always count on her, um, same trip every time, no matter what the conditions are. Um, she's my go-to if anything's kind of a little bit different or if the ground's kind of sketchy, um, she knows how to handle it. Um, and then the two that I primarily rode this year, um, would be Chongo and Bo. And those are the two that you will probably see me on the most at the NFR. Um, Chongo is the horse. Okay. Yeah, so that that's my plan right now anyway. You know, it can change, but um, Chongo's the horse that I rode at the NFR nine rounds last year, and he's the big, beautiful gray with a really long stride, um, very deceiving style, but he shuts the clock off, and, um, you know, he's just, he's incredible. Uh, he's He makes my job a lot of fun. Um, you know, he's just, a, he's a really sweet horse, too. I mean, he's he's just as, as quiet. Um, you know, a lot of people always com- comment how how calm he seems going down the alley and stuff. And he's, he's like that all the time. He's um, very unique in that aspect. And then Bo is kind of my uh, younger horse. That's really stepped up. And I say younger, like, you know, I'm not a maturity uh, trainer or anything. Um, So to me, if they start really doing well at the age of like six or seven, they're still my young horse. And he's seven this year. Um, I bought him uh, almost right at three years ago. It was the beginning of December in 2017. Um, and he was also another horse that came from the Yori Ward uh, family. You know, they've, they've trained all of these horses that I'm riding. And, um, you know, and I just put him on the trailer. You know, Janae was like, he needs, he needs time. He needs to grow up. And so I ran him, um, you know, off and on on some kind of some weird setups somewhere, whether I didn't really want to run Chongo or Pipe Ranch. And, um, just to get him some experience, but this year 
I was kind of like, all right, it's time, you know, it's time for you to step up and, and hold your weight. And so I left, left everybody else at home and, um, headed out for the summer with just him. And, uh, anyway, he really, he really proved himself. And I think he proved himself, um, to all, you know, my fellow competitors because they voted him the reserve, uh, Purina AQHA horse of the year, which absolutely blew my mind. Um, and such an honor to receive that award, you know, with him. I mean, he's, um, he's just been amazing all season. So I'm excited. Um, to run him. I, I plan to start on Bo at the finals. Um, I know that'll, okay. Yeah. That'll surprise a lot of people. Cause you know, everybody's going to, after the NFR last year, expect me to be on Chongo, but, um, I'll start 12th on the ground and I just strategically, um, I think Bo will probably handle the bottom half of the dirt a little bit better. And so, um, that's kind of, kind of my plan right now. So we'll, we'll see. That's, I mean, that's so exciting that you have, you know, these options, but you got all four of them from the wards, correct? That's correct. Is that, I mean, obviously repeat customers are a great deal and, but is that like because of their training style or, I mean, what makes you kind of go back? Because obviously you're able to take these horses that have been trained by somebody else and then get on them and go on to win. So what do you think, you know, has kind of helped you do that the most? Well, I think um, thing one, always being able to go back to the people that put that foundation on the horse is essential. Um, You know, a lot of times you see really good horses kind of fall apart later on in life, you know, with a couple different riders, Um, you know, and I'm, I'm really big on that. I mean, they're two hours from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and their team, Emily, you know, I mean, that, that's huge too, to have people that are in your corner and, you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes to help me be successful in those horses as well. And so, you know, going back and riding with them, because, you know, I always kind of like to tell the story, like I did not get along with Chongo that well (laughs) for about the first four or five months I had him. It was not, uh, (laughs) it was not good and we couldn't figure it out. I mean, I just, I was having so much trouble with this horse that I always wanted. And I'd, I'd wanted him for three years and finally got the opportunity to buy him. And um, anyway, and so I had to, I took him back and left him with Kylie for, I can't remember. She had him like 30 days, 45 days, but she had him for, you know, for a finished horse. She had him for a fairly substantial amount of time. And I, then I started going every week and I would go ride with her and, you know, try to figure out exactly what I was doing wrong you know, in, in the time that I'd tune on him or, or whatever to, you know, make him tick just right. And, um, anyway, and I think that is such an important, um, value to have to, to, you know, to be able to be like, I need to go back and get help from these girls that, that know, um, know these horses, um, as well as anybody. And, uh, and to have that opportunity where they're close, you know, is great. And it's, you know, they, and they know how to train rodeo horses. I mean, that's, you know, Kylie, I think was fourth generation, um, to make it, you know, it all started Florence, uh, Yori, their grandma, you know, she was instrumental in getting the WPRA going and getting, you know, barrel race brought to the limelight with the rest of the events. And then, you know, Renee, uh, made the finals, Janae won the world, um, you know, and then Kylie went to the finals in 2018. So, um, you know, this isn't their first rodeo and I'm, I always joke, <laughs> I'm kind of their redheaded stepchild <laughs> that they pretty much had to take in. <laughs> and, you know, and it's good because I don't come from a rodeo background at all. You know, my family doesn't do this. Um, they're very supportive and encourage me. But, you know, as far as like the knowing how to make the NFR and, 
and the horsepower it takes and, and whatnot. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have people that understand this industry, um, there to help guide you and, and at least get you pointed in the right direction. Well, I think that's so cool that you bring that up because I mean, obviously you've had quite a bit of success yourself, but you know, you, you still have somebody you go to, to keep you tuned up, send videos to, you know, ask questions. I mean, I think that's just really important for people to know that even, even though that you're going back to the NFR doesn't mean that Absolutely. You know, you're doing it sure. by yourself. Well, and I, I think, um, you know, it's always really important to be a student of the game. Um, you know, you, you can never, never quit learning. Even if you learn one little thing from somebody that you apply to a horse 10 years from now, um, you know, each horse is unique and they need different things from you. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what I find fascinating about our sport. There's, there's no way to master it. You know, you're constantly working to be better all the time. And so, um, to, to be able to go and, and learn from, you know, them that, you know, cause, and we can bounce ideas around, you know, maybe, you know, what works, um, you know, for Janae on a horse was, is not going to work for me on a horse. And, you know, and Kylie or Cassie can see it and be like, Hey, let's try this instead and see if that can, you know, accomplish what we're trying, trying to get done here. And so, you know, it, the more brain power you can, um, you utilize, you know, the better off I feel like you can be. And cause it is, I mean, it's this, this industry is, it is so tough. And it is, it is just getting more and more tough all the time. You know, the, the caliber of horses and um, riders and, you know, the, I mean, just the amount of money we can win. It's, it's a growing industry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I think it was just this past week, I was listening to a Phil Hogan or Hogan mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and he mentioned how you had went to one of his horsemanship clinics right after the NFR this past spring Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. And I just thought that was so cool because I mean, that wasn't just going to get help from somebody that trained your horse. Like that was just horse and working on that. And so I thought that was really, I mean, really awesome and shows the lengths you'll go to, to, you know, ride your horses as well as you can. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And yeah, it was a great clinic. Um, you know, Phil, he, he took it straight back to like basic horsemanship skills and, and, you know, drills that we can do with our horses and just everyday things that make them better. You know, his big phrase is, you know, if you can get 1% better every single day it, in a hundred days, you're a hundred percent better. And, you know, yes, that's my favorite yeah, thing. You know, you, don't, you know, you think about that and that's, that's not, you know, it's not that much, like just, just a little bit of effort every day to get to improve. And, you know, and Ashley Schaefer was there as well. And I learned a lot from her, you know, and it's always good you know, she rides a lot of different bred horses than what I've been on. And so like just picking her brain about why, you know, why she places them here and, you know, what kind of drills she's doing with her horses um, versus, you know, the ones I, you know, cause every, every style of horse requires something different. And so to pick her brain about it and, you know, be able to intermix some of the things that she does, you know, as she's going through the training process, you know, with my horses like that, that was really neat as well. I mean, it's just, it's fun to, to learn, especially from, you know, professionals, um, you know, of their level. I mean, it's, I always feel like if, if the opportunity presents itself to, to go learn from people that are as successful as them, you know, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I mean, they're some of my favorites. So, um, you know, and, and has, how has that transformed like your writing, you know, as you started rodeoing more and, you know, m- managing multiple horses, I guess, what do you try to focus on most when you're writing, 
you know, for fitness. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I grew up uh, doing like 4-H and horse showing. You know, I ran barrels a little bit here and there, but, um, you know, I'm really thankful that my parents had me start, you know, in a 4-H uh, type background, you know, and doing horsemanship and showmanship and reining and trail course and learning, you know, how to control all elements of the horse, you know, you know, sliding your foot back here or leaning back and, you know, mm-hmm. really sitting deep in your seat here and, and how a horse responds to all of that. I think it's really important. And honestly, I think it's something that is not, um, as addressed in the barrel racing world as it should be. You know, I, I feel like that I can always be a better horsewoman. Um, you know, I can constantly be working on that. Um, and you know, you don't see a lot of that just, you know, cause it gets simplified, uh, you know, it's just one of the right and two to the left, but really there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot that goes into making these great horses, um, you know, mm-hmm. the athletes that they are. And, and so to me, like having that foundation myself has helped me better understand, like when I do go to somebody that has more knowledge um, and more experience than I do, you know, when they're trying to teach me something, I can apply it fairly quickly and understand and, and get, um, you know, the results that we desire, you know, from the horse. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think being able to, to connect with your horse like that and understand them from that horsemanship point of view helps me be able to ride multiple horses. Um, you know, cause they, they're all unique. I mean, they may be trained by the same family, um, you know, but each one of them has a little bit different style, a little bit different cue. Um, you know, and of course, like they've changed, um, to adjust to me too, you know, the, cause I've had, mm-hmm. um, Chongo is actually like the newest horse that I've bought out of all the ones that I've been competing on. I bought him in January of 2018. Um, you okay. know, so, I mean, I've had them all for almost three years or more and at this point, you know, and so they've, they've adjusted to me and my habits, um, as well. And so it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like you're just constantly constantly trying to work because you know when every hundredth counts I mean I missed uh I was third in the second round of the NFR by a hundredth and then I was second in the third round of the NFR by another hundredth you know and and it's when you're a hundredth away from a bigger paycheck like you're like all right like gain that one hundredth you know because like out there I mean that's like six thousand (laughs) dollars Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a lot of money for, you know, and I know this year was so tough because everybody was everywhere with the limited rodeos. I mean, every run counted, like, where was it Uh, in Kansas where it was like, you had to be under a 16, nine to be in Dodge city, you know, something like that. Like it was just so tough. Yeah, Yeah. it was. There was, I mean, I ran my first 16-9 on a standard and didn't even win the round at Dodge. So I was like, wow. I mean, it's just, it was crazy, crazy tough everywhere you went because the the concentration of contestants was just insane. Um, You know, there was less options for us to go to, so we weren't spread as thin, you know, and, and, um, you know, and it paid great. I mean, typically, I think Dodge City um, has about 120 barrel racers in her and usually about 100 or 95 actually run. And I think they had well over 200, um, this year. So, and only 10 get paid. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, to, to make that top 10 and, and win any money is it's tough. Yeah. That's, I mean, it really is. So let's kind of go through the year. Um, and I guess we can kind of start at the NFR last year a little bit. Um, obviously you had a great finals, 
and you know what a week and then you know how did how did you roll from the nfr to the winter and then all of a sudden through this covid chaos chaos. that's a great way to put it (laughs) um you know right after the finals um i gave chongo quite a bit of time off you know i i i don't know i mean everybody has an opinion on it but to run, you know, we're running 15 horses on that ground every night for 10 nights in a row. And I did give him one night to rest, but it still, it takes a toll on him. So I wanted him to have adequate time, um, to recoup after that. So I didn't enter Odessa and I didn't enter St. Angelo. Um, you know, and I could have probably taken another horse, but I'm, (laughs) it's really hard not to take the horse that you just had that much success on at the NFR to those kind of rodeos. And so I just didn't even give myself the option. Um, so I, I didn't enter, which I later very much so regretted because we were running out of rodeos and um, running out of rodeos that paid really well, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. I waited, waited it out. Um, I did go to Denver because I had won around at Denver last year. And so I knew my horse liked the pin and we had heck at Denver. Um, you know, he kind of slipped in the first round and caught a barrel. And so in the second round, I was really trying to go, go for a round win. Cause I knew I wasn't going to make the finals and caught another barrel and San Antonio, you know, I, I won around at San Antonio, but, um, you know, I think, think I caught another barrel here and there. And then actually I was the girl that they, after Chongo fell, um, they stopped the barrel race, um, you know, and came back and, and reworked the ground for us and we ran the next morning, but still, I mean, he, you know, that took a toll on him, um, you know, another slip like that. And, uh, you know, I was in a knife fight of a set at, at, uh, Fort Worth. I was fourth and around and third and around and didn't progress there. Um, you know, cause that, yeah, it was, oh, a, it was a new, new format this year. Um, and so anyway, it just, yeah, I mean, it was like, we just kept barely having things happen. Um, you know, I barely caught the third barrel to win Jackson, Mississippi. I think he'd have won it by like two tenths. He had an insanely great run at Jackson, probably one of the best runs I've ever had on him and just barely caught the third. And so there was, you know, it just seemed like, um, yeah, I had a lot of really good things go my way during Vegas. And then it kind of caught up to me and we were in a little bit of a slump this winter. Um, you know, things just weren't, weren't really going the way that I, I hoped they would, um, you know, and that's barrel racing. It happens, but, um, you know, when what really kind of turned my year, around in a sense, um, and kind of changed my game plan was Tucson. Um, I had sent, uh, Bo out there with, uh, Lauren Underwood. She's a good friend of mine and she was going to be out there, um, all week anyway, cause her and I didn't draw up the same, but, um, she was staying out there at Sherry's place and, and, uh, anyway, and she said, yeah, I don't, I don't mind taking him out there. I know you, you know, you, you're busy with San Antonio and, no big deal. So they, they took him out there for me and, um, I flew out between runs at San Antonio and, and he ends up winning second at Tucson and I went just shy of 7,000. And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I never expected that. Yeah. Here we go. That big of a performance from him, uh, you know, just yet, but I, I hadn't really called on that horse, um, for anything, you know, of that, you know, of that scene, like caliber rodeo and, you know, he went second there and I was like, huh, all right, well, you know, way to go Bo. Like I was really proud of him and he, he did, he placed both rounds and second in the average. It was, it was a great week. And, um, you know, that was the end of February and then then COVID. (laughs) So, you know, I, I got back on Chongo, uh, right off whenever the rodeos returned in June. Um, I got back on him and, 
you know, we just, once again, we were kind of just having bad luck and things just weren't going quite right. You know, I, I caught a barrel to be really good at Prescott and I ended, I ended up winning the second round on him, but still, I mean, you know, those rodeos, I can't be hitting barrels. And then the, again, caught a barrel to be third at Cody Wyoming on him. And, um, I finally was just like, all right, I, I have got to figure out something different. And I was like, we are driving so far to all these rodeos. Cause you know, usually you can hit a cluster of them in an area, but since they were so many cancellations and stuff, I was like, I, I just can't keep doing this to Chongo. He doesn't need these miles and he doesn't owe me that, you know? And I was like, it was, it was pretty tough out there. Mm-hmm. So I took him home and I left with just Bo <laughs> and Bo is tough. Like that horse, he takes the road miles really, really well. Um, you know, he, and it honestly, it's almost like he gets better. You know, the harder, harder you enter, the harder you go, the better that horse fires. Um, you know, he is, I was going to say, did you just take him so you yes. had no option <laughs> yes. but to stay on him? Yeah, and, and it's just like the deal with not entering those winter rodeos. You know, I knew if I entered them with a the plan of riding mm-hmm. something else, I'd still want to get on Chongo. So I just, I can't give myself that mm-hmm. option, you know, because he's my go-to. I mean, he, and that horse is, you know, I know anytime I leave the barrels up, like he's a contender. Um, you know, he's just that caliber of horse. I'm really fortunate to have one that is that fast. But also in the same sense, like I can't, you know, you have to be smart with those kind of horses and to keep them running at that level, you can't put a ton of miles on them and a ton of runs on them. It's just, um, you know, and that's, to me, that's always sad to see a horse that, that has one and one and one get used up. And I, I don't want to do that to him. So Mm -hmm. I, I was just like, you know, this season, this isn't really his cup of tea. Like I can't stay close to home. Um, you know, I can't get him home as often and we're going to be traveling a lot between each rodeo and it's just, you know, I just didn't really feel like it was uh, very suited for him, but I knew I really felt like it was suited for Bo. When you left for home um, with Bo, where were you in the standings? Like, did you have a thought of, Hey, we really have to push to try to make the NFR or did you think we're just going to season Bo? Like we're going to take advantage of this uh, Season Bo, take advantage of this time, try to stay ranked in the top 30 because I was not in the top 15 um, okay. after the NFR, you know, I had only went to eight rodeos, um, by the second week of June <laughs> for the whole 2020 season. Yeah. Oh, I okay. Entered a whole lot. Um, I had this game plan of going back to Canada. Um, uh, my horse loved Pinoca. He loved Calgary. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit mm-hmm. at home. I'm not going to go to a bunch of these winter rodeos and I'm going to wait it out and take my horse where I know he's really successful and we're going to, we're going to win our money in Canada and we're going to come back home. And that, that was my game plan, <laughs> uh, as of January, 2020. And then yeah, that got changed. changed. <laughs> they had no rodeos in Canada this year. So, um, yeah, it, you know, the, for the first time, like, I mean, I finally felt really confident that I knew what I was doing and I knew where to go and where my horse would be good. And then all of that got thrown out the window and I was sitting there looking and I'm like, we're running out of rodeos that can pay enough for me to actually even get into the top 15, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, the added money was getting reduced. And even then it was so hard to pull a check, you know, rodeos that usually would get 60, 70 girls were getting 150, you know, and it still only pays 10 or 12 holes. Um, 
And so that was just, I, I was just doing the numbers and I thought, you know, I don't want to kill myself off here and spend a ton of money trying to make a finals that at this point, I'm not even sure we're going to have, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, at that yeah, point, we really no, didn't know what and was I, going on. I was like, you know, I didn't want to be the person that, you know, used my horse up and then we don't even have a finals. And then, you know, 2021 season rolls around and everything's back to normal. And, you know, and I don't have a horse. <laughs> and so I kind of took, I took a step mm-hmm. back and I was like, this is a great opportunity to let Bo go to some of these rodeos that, you know, I typically would not um, count on him for and, you know, see exactly what he's made of. I know he's tough. I know he likes the miles. Um, you know, I've put him in situations before and he's really stepped up that proved to me that he, you know, he's a rodeo horse. He's, he's the best rodeo horse I have. I mean, if we're being totally honest, like that horse handles the rodeo road better than any horse I've ever had. Um, you know, is his personality is like tough as his desire yeah. to do it? Cause I know like sometimes those rodeo horses that can really handle it are like as quirky yes, as they He come. is extremely quirky. And I actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> I try to tell the story as, <laughs> as best I can, but I had him for sale a couple times. Um, because I was a little bit nervous that he would hurt my stepson and he, he's not going to do it in a bad way. Cause he's not malicious. I mean, he's not a mean horse. He's really, really kind and he's sweet, but you know, he's a little bit that kind that's scared of his own shadow. And so I was, you know, I wasn't running him that much and I thought, I don't know if it's worth having him around to risk this, you know? And so we, yeah. we just started calling him bad bow. And we would, we would tell my stepson like, Hey, this is bad bow. We don't, we don't play with bad bow. We stay away from bad bow. And so he, you know, and he's a smart kid and, you know, he learned it, you know, cause like when you have a horse like Chongo that, you know, you could literally put a checkered board under his, uh, belly and kids could sit there and play checkers all day. Like that's how, that's how quiet. Yeah. Is. And we are so, so fortunate to have a horse that is that gentle and foxy is the same way and pipe wrench is the same way you know and Bo, he's not anything crazy but he's just a little bit more goosey um on the ground you know he and he will t- you know set back from time to time and you know a little cinchy and you know he's just got some some qualities in him that made me nervous um having a child around and so anyway when i wasn't running him i tried to sell him tried to sell him nobody nobody <laughs> would even tolerate him and so I was like, fine, I guess I'm stuck with him. So I still ended up selling a different horse and, and kept him. And, and Renee kept telling me, uh, she was like, Emily, she said, I wouldn't do it. I would keep that horse around. He is going to be big time someday when he grows up and matures, he's going to be, he's going to be the deal. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> at this point, whatever, like, I'm sure you're right, but I don't know if I'm the person that's going to get him there, you know? And so it's just kind of, it's crazy. I mean, God has a plan and like that horse, uh, honestly, now he, he's just about to the point. He is as gentle as the other ones. Um, it's like he figured out that he was a priority and, and I don't know, maybe I look into it too much, but I developed such a relationship with him. And, you know, it's like he knew he was special. And when he was the only one on the trailer and the only one getting called on, like, you know, his old chest puffed up and he was like, I'm important, you know, and my mom is counting on me right now. And, and he did. And he, he did. showed up. He just for you. showed up and he rallied all summer and he clawed his way up into the top 15. And, like, I, he had to earn it. I, there were not a lot of big checks left to be won. And he just kept winning and kept, you know, 
taking the all night drives between rodeos and getting pulled off the trailer and getting water for an hour into stand and then getting saddled and ran, you know, and it takes a really, really mm-hmm. special horse to, um, take that kind of, you know, travel and, and just handle it time and time again. And so, and that's part of why I didn't ride him at the circuit finals. I, I knew that I'd asked a lot of him in the last few months. And so he's been resting, um, you know, and just, and he loves to be home, loves to be turned out on the pasture and I'm still exercising him and stuff, but, um, you know, he's, he's enjoying a little time off too, but it's, it was really, really cool to see him just, just step up and rally and see that grit shine through. Um, cause you definitely had to have a horse with that, uh, for this season. I think that's, I mean, that's just so cool, you know, to see how these up and comers, you know, you're, you're known for Chongo, but then, you know, watch out, here comes Bo winning everything. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool. So now that we're in what, five weeks, five and a half weeks mm-hmm. away from round one, how, I mean, how are you getting ready? And, you know, kind of tell us about like, I know what you learned from last year may not really be applicable this year considering it's you know different <laughs> town and I'm sure you won't have as many autograph sessions and stuff but like how are you getting ready for the finals this year yeah so that is tricky um you know I actually I, I talked to somebody the other day about it and I said you know I, I thought after my rookie year at the NFR that you know I'd kind of have a an idea how things were going to go down but I said I think all 15 of us are rookies this year uh, nobody's going to have any more experience on anybody else as far as what to expect. Um, right now we're still in the planning stages of a lot of this. Um, you know, the PRCA and the WPRA are obviously, they're working really hard with everybody at, at the globe life field to get, uh, details nailed down and try to get us some concrete answers, um, on things. But I mean, this is mm-hmm. their first time to have anything, uh, at that facility, you know, rodeo wise. And, and so it's, it's been tricky, you know, I mean, uh, honestly, even just trying to find a place to keep horses is tough because to me, that's so important is they've got to be able to rest. Um, you know, and so, and, and I want them to be able to rest, but I also don't want to have to drive them 60 miles, you know, each direction, um, to run every single day. And that doesn't include practices, you know, and and we're also talking Dallas traffic. Um, that's going to be, yes, that's going to be a lot on them. And, you know, and so like, trying to just, you know, cause we don't, at this time, we don't know when our practices are going to be other than our very first one, which is a couple days before the finals even starts. But, um, you know, that's the only practice we know. And so you, and you're trying to figure out, um, those kind of schedules and like, is it worth it to, by the time I run my horse and he doesn't get home till midnight to have to turn around at three 30 in the morning and driving back in for practice the next day, you know, it's, um, 60 miles each way. And, and then try to practice and send him, you know, do you send him back home to stand, you know, back where you're staying for two hours to turn around and have to drive right back in for the performance that night, you know, and what obligations are we going to have? Um, you know, I know they've called off a lot of the signings for us just, just because, I mean, they don't want us exposed to anything that, that would cause us not to be able to compete. Um, you know, I think we're going to do more yeah. like talk shows and, and stuff like that, um, you know, for the fans. But um, as far as signings go, like, you know, I think I've worked out with most of my sponsors. I'm just going to at least sign some autograph sheets and have them, you know, available at booths so they can go by and pick one up um, if anybody wants one. But um, certainly not, you know, just just to try to prevent, because that would be really unfortunate to make the finals <laughs> and then not get to, 
to actually compete. So, um, you know, there's a lot of that stuff uh, that just that, you know, we don't know a pattern size either at this time. Um, you know, I think the guys got their measurements last week as far as like the barriers box, all that stuff, but, um, they're, they're still, okay. still working on, um, figuring out what they want to do for us. And so, uh, you know, trying to prepare that as best we can. I, in my head, um, you know, my game plan is there's not going to be any walls, no matter what kind of pattern they, they can set us a standard pattern or they can duplicate the Thomas and Mac pattern, which I, that I don't foresee happening, but, um, you know, either way, whatever they decide to do, I don't think we're going to have any kind of walls to be turning off of. Um, so that, that changes how I prepare my horses because, you know, last year I was really focused on them not even acknowledging a barrel <laughs> and going straight to the wall. I, yeah, you know, that's all I practiced with them was going by barrels until they found a fence. Um, you know, because you, you have to be able to get them by the, by the barrels there and keep them really free. Um, but I have a feeling that, uh, if your horse is really free at Arlington, you're, you're going to be doing a lot of victory laps that are unintentional. So, um, yeah, that's a big, that's going to be a yes. big pen. Like that's going to be yeah. bigger than Houston. It, yeah. It's going to be pretty good sized for sure. And so, you know, having the horses ready to, to, to make turns, um, and be really in your hands, I think is definitely going to be key. And also I think we're going to need them to have more air, um, just because it is a bigger pattern and um you know i'm just going out on a limb and guessing but you know texas dirt is a lot heavier type of dirt than what uh nevada Mm -hmm. dirt is you know and that dirt that they've brought into the thomas and max usually pretty shallow pretty fluffy um but there's not a lot of you know it's not real dense um and so 15th on the ground in vegas is not ideal (laughs) but i'm thinking 15th on the ground in in arlington is going to be pretty uh, tough to plow through and so just making sure those horses have got a lot of air and and uh, are in really tip-top shape so that way when they are bottom of the ground you know we don't have an injury or anything like that is going to be really important yeah for sure so when you are getting them ready I mean I know everybody kind of approaches it differently but do yours do better with more runs or are you gonna you know give them a break and basically crack them out at Arlington how do you approach that type of I am typically a less runs kind of person um you know I I really I I made my first run on Bo since Rapid City so he had a full month off uh last weekend and we went to Vernon and it's a you know big 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 standard pattern um fairly wide open uh pretty heavy red dirt and I thought it was a really, really great place to, to go free him up a little bit, um, you know, and, and make sure that he's kind of got some wind, but he, I mean, he made a great run. So I was super happy with him and we came back home and now it's just pretty much keeping him legged up. I, I love to pony <laughs> my horses. I've got a couple of younger ones. Um, you know, it does them a lot of good. And so I can go a couple of miles, um, out in the pasture and just pony those good horses. I think that helps keep their minds fresh. It, you know, I'm not soaring them up or anything, getting their, getting their wind and endurance mm-hmm. up, um, you know, and, and they're trained. I mean, they, they know the barrel pattern, um, you know, so it's, it's kind of up to me to make sure I stay sharp. Um, so I'll probably, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, uh, I'll go to some barrel races on, you know, maybe on Foxy or Pipe Wrench. Um, the horses I'm not planning on having as many runs on and just keep them, you know, keep me sharp, um, by making runs myself, but not putting them on the the horses I plan to ride at the finals. Um, 
you know, and, and Chongo, you know, that's part of why I wrote him at Duncan since I hadn't, uh, ran him at this, the circuit final or ran him all season. You know, the circuit finals was a good place to, to make two rodeo runs on him and make sure him and I are still in sync and ready to rock. And he, you know, he's proved he still remembers how to run barrels. So I'm not, not the least bit worried about them, but I am planning on attending the WCRA finals. Um, I don't know if I'll make it to the WPRA finals or not, but that's a, that's a really good uh, mid November place with, you know, good added money um, to, to make some rodeo runs and then still give them a couple weeks um, before the finals to rest. And that's in no, are actually it is oh. in Fort Worth and at AT&T stadium in Arlington. Oh. So yes. Yeah. Oh. So it's a, okay. yeah, a lot closer to that. home. Um, and so that to me seemed like a really um, good move on my end to go ahead and enter that um, since it'll be close to home and it is a lot of money up for grabs and kind of make sure they're fresh before that, go make some runs on them. Um, and that'll probably be the last runs I make on them before the finals. How do you keep them feeling good during the week? And I guess, you know, always during your running, but really when, you know, it's 10 days back to back to back to back to back, how do you feel them keeping or feeling yeah, that, their best? I, I'm big on rest, keeping them somewhere they're comfortable. Um, my horses uh, at home, they're, I mean, they have a stall and a run, but they all are, the gates are open at the end of the runs and they all have access to a couple acres. Um, you know, so they're used to being turned out. Uh, if I were to put them in a 10 by 10 mm-hmm. stall for 14 days, uh, I, I, I don't think I'd have a whole lot left by the end of the finals. Um, you know, it's just a matter of knowing your horses and, and there's some horses that that's what they're used to. They love to be in a box stall with shavings up to their belly and, that's where they rest the best. But, um, I, I'm big on rest. Um, you know, I'm not huge on any, um, you know, I don't use a lot of therapeutic products and stuff, uh, on them. Um, you know, that's just, you know, I've never felt like my horses gained anything from that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're just that tough or (laughs) I don't know, stubborn, but, um, you know, I'm not, not big on any of that stuff. So I, I pretty well just try to make sure that they're, you know, wherever they're sleeping at night, you know, that's someplace they're comfortable and they can relax and get rest. And I'm also planning on trying to alternate them a little more often. Uh, you know, I had a game plan when I got to Vegas last year and then Chongo kept winning. <laughs> and so I was like, I, it was hard to get off of him um, just because of the, the finals I was having. But, but I also am really, really confident in Bo, um, you know, and so I think that this, this year with the size of pattern and, and the arena and everything, you know, I say, I say the size of pattern, you know, but I, I am assuming we are going to be on a bigger pattern. I mean, that's, that's right now you know, until they tell me differently, yeah. I'm going to prepare for a bigger um, pattern that is more suitable to that uh, size of arena, you know? And so I, I feel like it, it would be smart for me to be able to alternate them um, give them a couple rest days in between runs. You know, even if I, if I'm doing three runs and then three runs or whatever, um, back and forth on them, you know, that, that's my plan, but you never know. I mean, we, we, we may get there and, um, you know, if my, what, you know, if I start on Bo and he's just really doing great, I may stay on him longer. I, you know, you just kind of got to play it by ear, but, um, you know, as far, as far as keeping them fresh, I mean, being able to alternate, um, horses, I think will, will be really advantageous for us. Um, you know, and I know not all girls have that. Yeah. Especially I'm really fortunate too. Yeah, especially for that, or, you know, at least the two that you're really confident in. And they both obviously like big outdoor patterns, which 
I would assume this is kind of going to be like two. So, I mean, I think that would just, you know, at least that has to take a little bit of stress yeah. off you. I mean, it's yeah, as exactly. much as possible. You know, that's, that's the thing is, um, you know, if I find a place to keep him a little bit closer in town, you know, I may keep whatever horse I'm running, um, you know, closer by the stadium for a couple nights and then swap him out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and after he's made his runs, I'll bring the other one in and, and keep them closer to the stadium. The other one can go be turned out on a pasture for a couple of days and put their head down and stretch. And, you know, and I, I think that that, um, just letting them be a horse a little bit is, I don't know, that's kind of been my focus, um, with them. And I, and it, it seems to be working, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, the horses have been really happy, um, on the road. And so I, I think that's what, you know, that's what they need from me. So I'm going to do my best to provide it for them. Awesome. And what do you do to prepare for yourself? Because you also yeah. have to handle, you know, 10, 10 runs in a row. And I mean, how do you stay uh, on top of you, all I that? I am so sore from the gym. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Per, <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, that's you good. Know, my husband is, uh, he is phenomenal at understanding the human body and training and um, you know, he does a lot of personal training. And so anyway, he has been great, um, as far as helping me keep my core strength up and everything. And he, you know, working on, um, like fast twitch muscles. Um, you know, I know that's kind of <laughs> a whole different topic, but, you know, just being able to react quickly, um, and think quickly and, and that sort of thing, you know, we're, we're always working on that whenever, um, we go to the gym, you know, especially when it gets closer to game time for me. And so I, I do, I try to eat healthy, um, try to work out, try to stay in as best physical shape as I can. And so that way, you know, my odds of staying healthy and, and whatnot, um, during the finals are, are good too. And, and so that's, that's a lot of it. And also like, I'm, you know, I try to rest, um, as much as when I, as I can, whenever I'm at home and make sure I'm getting quality sleep, um, too, just because when, once, uh, once it starts, <laughs> you don't get to sleep for about 14 days. It's like a nap here and there. Um, it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, and, and it is, you know, it, you get fatigued very quickly, um, during that event, you know, it's just, and I, I think this year it may be a little bit different, but I think what we're going to lack in like signings, we're going to make up in driving back and forth from Fort Worth to, Arlington to the horse stalls to wherever, you know, we need to make an appearance somewhere, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time in traffic and, um, yeah, I'm going to have to learn some patience for that because I've grown up in a small town. I still live in a small town. So anytime I, I try to make sure when I'm driving through Fort Worth, it's at like two in the morning when there's no traffic, um, which I don't think is really going to be an option this year. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just going to have, it's going to have its whole different set of, you know, it will. And that, that is just stressful in itself to me. I mean, maybe some other people, that'll be a really easy mm-hmm. thing for them to, to be okay with driving through um, town like that. But man, I, I don't know if it's the red hair or what, but I, I get kind of defensive behind the wheel. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking that I may have to hire someone to help me drive around so I don't kill anybody, but uh you know, like it's just little so stuff funny. like that, you know, that you can't let that ruin your day. You know, you've got to be able to set that aside. And, and when you get to the stadium that night, you know, take a deep breath and, you know, remember we're here because we love this sport. We love our horses and um, we love running barrels. So, um, you know, that's, that's the important part. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, um, we better give your husband a little bit of his own time on the podcast. So tell us a little bit about him. Um, you're newly married. I mean, does, 
does he participate in the horse things or did you kind of trick him <laughs> being a dental, yeah. you know, a dental right. assistant turn? I know. Yeah, no, he has nothing to do with the horses. Um, so we actually, we met at the gym. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. I, I was still in uh, dental hygiene school. I was, I had all my textbooks and my iPad. Um, I was studying um, a lot, you know, so that's, that's how I, I kind of have a a very busy brain. Um, And so if I'm sitting down on a couch trying to study, like I cannot focus, but I could, I could literally be running and reading at the same time. And so that's what I would do. I would go um, for like an hour. I'd try to get six miles in and I would study whether I was quizzing myself through an app or whatever, um, going through a PowerPoint before I went to class that morning and, um, and he was there training people and, and I, I just switched to that gym. And so we got to know each other, you know, really just through, uh, you know, I'd see him, you know, almost every day whenever I was working out and whatnot. Um, and <laughs> finally, finally I let him cook me dinner. <laughs> and so, and he's a really, really <laughs> great cook. <laughs> so that didn't hurt anything either. And, and he tolerates the horse thing. Um, you know, he's, he's very, very supportive. I mean, we were at that barrel race last Saturday for like six and a half hours and, you know, and he, you know, sits there, you know, and he doesn't get to go with me a whole lot because he actually primarily works oil field. Um, so he doesn't get to okay. a bunch just because he's got to stay close to home for work. But, um, anyway, he's always very supportive. You know, he's got the cowboy channel app and, and um, <laughs> tunes into it whenever I remember to tell him when I'm up. <laughs> I felt bad one night. <laughs> he, uh, I think I was in Evanston and I was up in Slack. And uh, anyway, he, he called me and he's like, well, hey, he's like, I watched that whole rodeo and you never ran. <laughs> like I'm so sorry I run after tonight you know so uh he is a good man he's a he's a really great man and his little boy uh Rowan he's five uh he'll turn six in January so he's at a very very fun busy age too and and he likes the horses he's not super crazy um about trying to you know ride all the time but um he does he loves to ride Foxy that's his horse um here he just you know and she's so sweet she takes good care of him and so we we do. We, we have a lot of fun and, um, you know, but we, we have a passion outside of rodeo, which I think for me is beneficial since I, you know, I grew up without any other family members wanting to rodeo. It's kind of always been, um, you know, my, my deal, my, uh, hobby. And so I didn't ever really do very well sharing it. Um, if I tried to date a cowboy, I learned pretty quickly right off the bat, cowboys weren't for me. (laughs) So, Yep. yep. Same here. Yeah, Same here. I, I totally understand that. Like, I think you're crazy. And I'm like, that's fine. You can think I'm crazy and I'll think you're crazy. And you know what? We can agree to disagree and still be friends. So, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful to have him and, and I, I hope he gets to be there, you know, to cheer me on as much as he can. I think he was there um, for about four or five rounds last year. So, you know, it just, like I said, with work, I mean, he's still got to pay the bills too. So, um, you know, that's, uh, hopefully the oil field does pick back up. We'll see, you know, it's been kind of a trying year in, in, um, his occupation, but, um, anyway, we're, we're really happy. And, and the wedding was, it was so much fun. We had an absolute blast. <laughs> it, was, it was a great time. It was, I was starting to think, I was like, you know, I hear I put our wedding date 17 months out. So there wouldn't be any stress. And then 2020 <laughs> happened. I was like, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so, but it, it was worth the wait. Did you have any thoughts? 
Yeah. Did you have any thoughts about, you know, potentially having to postpone it? I mean, by, by that time, I feel like your state was probably fine with it. Yeah. Or were you just like, we're doing this? Well, I mean, we were going to, we figured either way we were going to get married on October 3rd um, because that's when we started dating was October Mm -hmm. 3rd, four years ago. And so I, yeah, so it was kind of a sentimental date, you know, to keep the same date for us. Um, And so even if we had to go to the courthouse to get it done, like we were, we were going to go to the courthouse and, and make sure we, we got married on that day. But, um, you know, we just kept praying about it and hoping that, you know, everything would be okay. And we would be able to have family and friends there to, to support us and, and, you know, enjoy the party. And we did, I mean, we had a great, great wedding. It was so much fun. Um, you know, I told a lot of my barrel racer friends that were there, I said, I'm sure glad we typically see each other on our horses because if we, if we met each other on the dance floor all the time, this would not be good. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we turned up, we had a blast. And so it was, um, you know, it was, like I said, it was worth the wait. And, um, you know, we're, we're really happy and looking forward, um, to what the future holds. That's so exciting. At least, at least there are some bright spots in 2020. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted to bring that up because I mean, obviously we're Facebook friends and, you know, you, you see stuff all the time, but I feel like so many people feel like, you know, to be successful in rodeo, it either has to be 120% everything you do. You can't do anything else. You know, you can't know anybody outside of it or, you know, and, and that's just not the case. I mean, you very well clearly showed that, not only are you successful at it, but you also hold another yeah, job. Yeah, I know. I just do fill-in work for him, which is part of why we didn't we didn't go on a honeymoon because I worked okay. the week after our wedding. <laughs> and so, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's great. You know, it's I I really enjoy that, and I do. I I mean, I miss seeing my patients regularly, but it's nice to not have to fly home. <laughs> you know, to just to to make it to work on time on Monday. So this, um, you know, having a little more flexible schedule and and getting to see my patients whenever I am here is great. Um, you know, I'm super fortunate there in that aspect too, that I have a career that's pretty flexible as well as, you know, a boss that's willing to work with me. Yeah, that's, I mean, I just think, I just think that's so cool because, you know, it goes to show that if you have the horses and the dedication, you certainly can do it. But, you know, having a little bit of diversity in your life is not, you know, nothing to look down upon because it's absolutely doable. I 110% agree with that. So awesome. Well, I know you're busy. Um, one last question before we go, if there is one or two things in your trailer that you cannot leave home with, Oh man, what would you pick? uh, I'm going to say right now, my heated vest, <laughs> because goodness gracious, Smart. uh, I learned that definitely rodeoing in Canada. Um, yeah, you've got to, got to be able to stay, uh, stay warm. And also, uh, I think that also same applies for the horses. Um, a lot of people tend to forget to bring like rain sheets or blankets and you get somewhere and you never know what kind of elements you're going to be in. So, um, Oh, we always make sure you've got some, you know, some form of protection for you and your horses. Cause it can vary a lot. You never, never know where you're going to end up. So those, those are two things I've for sure always, always got packed with me. That's great advice because I'll tell you, yeah, I it, forgot it those and it sucks. It does. And that's <laughs> when what, you do you know, that. There's nothing worse than, than getting somewhere and your horse is shivering and there's nothing you can do for them. Um, you know, so I, I do. I always try to make, make sure I've got, you know, essential things like, like that. And of course, you know, pack all your, pack all your feed and hay. But um, any, anymore, you know, it's pr- they're 
there's honestly, you can, you can about pick that up anywhere you go. I mean, tractor supply has hay and typically all kinds of feed and stuff. So that's not as, um, <laughs> as dire a need, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I am, yeah. Rodeo in Canada, that'll make you tough, man. <laughs> I'm telling you that's, that's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> It teaches you a lot. Well, awesome. Thank you again for talking to us this morning and we will be cheering on you and Bo and Chongo. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you having me. Big thanks to our listeners for coming back week after week. Kayla and I are so excited for the next five weeks leading up to the NFR. Be sure to like and share the Money Barrel on Facebook and check out our Stallion of the Week, KGNMC Just on Fire. And get your contract today at KGNMCJustOnFire.com. Can't wait to see where Kayla ends up next. Be safe and we'll see you soon.